0: Welcome to the Seeing Beauty Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Lori Marie. Seeing Beauty Sessions is about stories of how women have turned their pain into purpose. Welcome to Seeing Beauty
1: Sessions.
0: I'm your host, Lori Marie, and today I have the beautiful Kayla Burchat with me. <laughs> Kayla, welcome. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Good morning.
0: <laughs> so I am so excited to have Kayla on today. Um, I want to start off by, there was something she said in our intro, um, our first initial meeting that I really just want to kind of kick this off with because I just thought it was like just so beautiful I had to write it down and what she said was to be so good at your craft that it's undeniable and Kayla I'd love for you to share with all of our listeners like what that means to you and where that came from
1: yeah absolutely so I moved out to here to Los Angeles from the Midwest uh, four years ago and Within those four years, about three years ago, I, I was uh, loosely diagnosed with uh, autoimmune disease. Um, they still want to do some more uh, testing to figure out exactly what's happening, but it's called myasthenia gravis, and the symptom is a droopy eyelid. And moving out here uh, to LA uh, for the goal and the dreams of acting and singing, And then having a physical uh, disorder that really shows up in film and when you're getting your uh, photo taken really took a hit on my self-consciousness. And even though in the back of my mind, I know that I always knew that it shouldn't be something that bothered me. It did for the longest time. It caused me a lot of stress and anxiety. And... I have overcome that because for, for multiple reasons that we can get into uh, this, a lot of self-discovery, but I remember um, seeing a quote from a, what's her name? Maisie. She is Aria on game of Thrones. And, and it's, uh, it's the, what I told you is very similar to a quote that she said. It's, not worrying about like some of the small things but just really focusing on your craft to the to the fact that like you're you're so believable that nothing else really matters because you are you are made for that and so i believe that on my end not worrying about the things that i don't have control over and focusing on my my number one my personal happiness and my health but number two keeping on pursuing my craft like that is to become so good that none of that other stuff matters that that's kind of where that was coming from
0: well it was so beautiful and it just really like struck a chord with me and then I know we were talking a little bit more about you had shared that a friend of yours had mentioned Forest Whitaker can you
1: share a little bit about that Yes. So when I was um, in and out of appointments with my neurologist, I, I confided in a lot of my coworkers at Hard Rock, and I I remember going up to one of my um, coworkers. Uh, his name is Kelson, and he has the biggest, most just pure. Amazing energy and he's so genuine. He has just the best heart. But anyway, he's like, he's like Kayla, like Think about Forrest Whitaker. He has he has that eye thing and he's he's going and doing his thing and he's and he's Making a lot of money doing it. Like he's like, don't worry about that stuff. Like you're absolutely beautiful exactly the way you are you wouldn't you wouldn't be given anything if you weren't supposed to use that for good right right yeah i think forrest whitaker's doing all right (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) i know he i know he's like one of my top favorite actors so (laughs) yeah i love him Um, yeah me too
0: Let's go back a little bit. So can you share kind of like um, what the journey looked like from when you first started um, experiencing some of these symptoms and, and kind of how that played out? And then also like kind of give us uh, an idea or paint a picture for us of kind of like where you were, you know, I'd say kind of in, at, at the lowest points and then where you came to throughout this journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, my mom and my grandma actually noticed my symptoms way before I did. Uh, just because it's um, like during Facetime, like it was just more noticeable on camera than in person. Mm-hmm. And so my my mom and my grandma were like, I "Wonder if you have um, Bell's palsy or something like that." They're just like wondering because they're noticing like some muscle weakness in my eye and wondering, like, they were asking me is like, is one side of your face like numb? Can you feel it? Whatever. And I'm like, no, I I don't feel anything. So um, I looked into it and I saw that like one of my uh, eyelids was drooping closer to my pupil than the other one. And it just, it was over a period of like maybe like a year or so when it's when the symptoms first started showing up. And then, and then it got to be at the point where I was um, going through a lot of, um, I was having a lot of uh, um, mental health issues uh, a couple of years ago and up, up until like a little over a year ago. And, and I noticed that it drooped more when I was tired um, or fatigued and when I was like stressed. And I even, even when I was um, like even after I'd had a couple drinks or, or smoked a little of the 420, because we're in California, um, I noticed it really drooped a lot, um, a lot more be- it, because it's a, their muscle relaxants, you know, so, um, so I was just like, okay, I, I don't know what's going on. So I, uh, so I went and saw a neurologist and they did some tests. They did some blood tests. They did like they prodded my like muscles to see like when my like brain would get the messages and like the reaction times and everything came out normal. But they said in some cases it's not detectable. So they just did some, they gave me this uh, medication called Mestinin and it to see if it would work. Um, But I didn't take it long enough to tell because I did not react well to the mestinon at all. I I got hot flashes. I was throwing up. Like this medication did not like not good for me at all. I had to leave work a few times because I couldn't get out of the bathroom. Mm. And um like, yeah, it was just it was awful, awful. I even got dizzy and lightheaded. So um that was definitely one of the lower points because my body just felt awful trying to figure out whether or not like what was happening like with uh, my face but then I noticed I got like a really 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 low point when I uh, helped with this web series I was um, helped film an episode and and I noticed like my eye looked like it was basically closed the entire time And I'm, and I judged myself so much for it. I really judged myself and, and I saw myself and I saw myself as ugly Mm. and it's, it's hard. It's actually like hard to say that right now, because now I know that like, we're all, we're all so incredibly beautiful and, and really what are physical flaws? There really aren't any there really aren't any physical flaws and it's all something that has been made up. It's all, it's all been created. We're all extremely beautiful. We're and I'm, I, I'm religious. I'm Christian. So like, I believe that like, we're all made in the image of God. Like, so how could, how could we look at ourselves and think that, but I get it. I get it because I've been there. Yeah. Uh. So, so now I'm, so now it's like, of course, I still have days where I struggle a little bit, but I'm so aware that it's, that it's a dangerous way of thinking that I'm able to say, no, I am beautiful. Uh, I am made to do good in this world. I am made to, I'm made to inspire and encourage other people that have similar issues that they struggle and they see somebody else that's making the most of it. So, oh, I can do that too. Like we're made to encourage.
0: What were your thoughts about beauty prior to, to this period happening, like growing up, like as a teen, as a you know young girl, into you know, um, like what initially were your thoughts about beauty, and then how did that change after this happened? And then how you came, like, how did you get to a place where you can say, like, because I know there's people out there who are still in that, that, uh, mindset of like, Oh, this is wrong with me. That's wrong with me. Like, so how did you get to the other side of that?
1: Yeah. So, excuse me. When growing up, like my, I guess my idea of beauty was like a perfectly symmetrical face, like perfect hair, uh like long, gorgeous like hair and like a symmetrical body, like just awful, like what I saw like what i what I saw like people modeling in in the magazines. I remember looking at magazines. And like wanting to be on a cover someday because I am a singer and actor, but then being like, but how, why would they like choose me? Because I don't look like these girls. Um, But then growing up and I think also getting out of like my Midwest town where there's really only like, there's not a lot of diversity where I grew up. So going to college and, and seeing so many like different beautiful people. And then moving now to LA, there's so many. So I guess, like, my idea of beauty has completely changed, like, completely. Uh, Because now I see, like, all beauty types, or, like, all body types, all face types, all hair types, extremely gorgeous. And, And I've noticed, too, like, the more I get to know people, the more beautiful they become. Because, like it's not even their outer shell anymore. It's like, it's what's inside that like their, their internal beauty that just shines, you know? So like my idea of beauty, it's so much less to do with like the outer shell and so much more. It's not a shell, but like the the outer temple, it's so much more to do than that. But it's like also like the heart and the soul of the person. And like their, 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 their goals and their, And the things that make them them, the things that make them unique. Because I think about all the friends that I have here in LA and even back in the Midwest, I think about everybody. Everybody is so unique, but yet everybody is so beautiful, like internally and externally. Like everybody's beautiful. And so this class system that I had before is just nonsense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I can totally relate to that because I too came from, you know, come from the Midwest and um, it, it's, you're right there. I mean, I didn't have a lot of diversity experience growing up either. And so it's like, you kind of, and then on top of it, magazines and what you see on television and things like that, like, um, you know, didn't, during that time, like growing up, like there really wasn't a lot of diversity even on television or in magazines, so I love that we're like expanding our views about what beauty is, especially in this time. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I feel like there's a whole movement around it, and it's really beautiful to, to witness. Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with, um, you know, you had mentioned like you were at a place where you know you were having like these kind of negative thoughts about yourself, like, how did you get to the other side of that? Because, um, I know for myself, like I did a lot of beating myself up and a lot of abuse, like throughout my journey, um, until I really started to heal. And, um, I remember at one point even kind of grieving or crying for how mean I had been to myself. Um, so what was your experience of like you know, shifting that conversation within yourself about um, how you were looking, you know, or what your thoughts were about how you look? Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I also can relate with the beating myself up and I, I did, I, I beat myself up so much to the point where I didn't really know how to like, um, address my emotions. I didn't know how to cope with them. I didn't know that it was okay just to feel them through so that they would pass. And I would try to numb them a lot with a lot of alcohol abuse and, and just like, and even some like food binging, like I even binge, um, did food binging to try to cope with all this stuff to make me feel better temporarily. But that, that's what it just did. It was a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming on the other side of that, I did go to therapy for about three months last year. And that was probably one of like, one of the best things I could have ever done, done for myself. Honestly, therapy, I 100% recommend it. And um, I remember being in therapy and my therapist recommending a few books for me to read. And that's when I really hardcore got into the self-help book um, mm-hmm. world. And the first book that I, um, I I listened to it in Audible, and it was called the um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear, but the subtle art of not giving a f u c k. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's called the <laughs> the subtle art of not giving a fuck, and it's one of the greatest books that I've that I've um, experienced in a long time. And then it just kinda got me going forward. And then I um r- then I listened to Rachel Hollis's Girl Wash Your Face and Girl Stop Apologizing. And then Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass and You're a Badass at Making Money. All these great books um that helped expand my mindset. Um to just to like understand what like a thought is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and then realizing that you can get to a point where you can actually be above a thought. It's really hard to explain if it's a new concept to you, but just realizing that sometimes your thoughts lie to you and yeah. then being able to, to attack that when it's happening or slightly after it's happening, because sometimes it takes a minute to realize mm-hmm. that you're having a thought that's not supporting you or your future and then being able to address it then and there and then find ways that work for you to, to say goodbye to that thought. Yeah. Thank you for, com- thank you for coming, but I'm not going to dwell on you anymore. I'm not going to let you have power over me anymore. And then also because I am a, a spiritual person, I, I go to Mosaic. It's on Hollywood and La Brea every Sunday. And, Mm -hmm. and it's an incredible church that welcomes like literally everybody, no matter what stage you're like stage you're in, whether you're atheist, agnostic, Christian, Buddhist, like it doesn't matter, like what you believe you're welcome. And, and I've, and since going there, that's also like really helped me think about life differently and more beautifully. Mm -hmm. And, and so just like a mixture of. And then also I work out five days a week, sometimes six days a week. I, I eat healthier. I treat, I treat my body well. I, I, I meditate. I should be a little bit more proactive about keeping consistent about meditating. But when I meditate, I always feel so much better. So it's just like a mixture of all these healthy things to do for your mind, body, and spirit that like has helped me overcome that. And has also humbled me to a point too where I realized when I, when I, when I, um, when I felt like I was too ugly for other people to want to cast me in projects or to, or to be like a singer or whatever, I, I realized that it was only my own thoughts that I was projecting on other people that I was afraid of them thinking. Hmm. So if I, if I worked on myself and loving myself the way that myself deserves to be loved, that it really didn't matter. If somebody thought that way, right. If that makes sense. But the more that you love yourself, the more you're like, the more you're going to perceive the world as loving you. Right. It's, you know, It reflects back at us,
0: whatever we are put out into the world, it's reflected back in us. So if, if, you know, you believe that you can, or you believe that you can't, like you're right either way. If you believe that the world is like beautiful and full of love, you're going to see that reflected back at you. But if you believe that, you know, people are, you know, bad or have these like thoughts that are not empowering like you're also going to see that reflected back so i love that i love too that you you kind of i think it's so cool that how each person comes to their healing journey you know and how they combine these different um i just think it's really interesting like how um these different things culminate together to create like transformation right? For some people, it's like, oh, doing workshops and, you know, listening to audiobooks. books. Some it's like getting support or a mentor, teacher, coach. You know, it's really interesting, I think, and just shows how unique each person's transformation is. But at the heart of it, I think it's just that it's about healing, like healing the things within us that are no longer serving us. So we can become more of who we are. Yeah. So how has that, how has this journey transformed who you are today and like how you show up in the
1: world? I think because I'm beginning to love myself more, I'm able to give so much more love to other people. Mm -hmm. And, and I think like one of my biggest strengths in life is I know how to find amazing people to be in my life. Because I'll introduce friends to other friends and they're like, love, this person is like an incredible human being. And I'm like, I know I'm good at finding them. But <laughs> but, but I think like, I think that all stems too. Cause like, like attracts like too.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and I think um, it's, it's been a bigger impact. This healing has been an, like this he- Could you, I'm so sorry. Could you repeat the question again? Cause I think I kind of like got sidetracked for a second.
0: No, that's okay. Um, Basically I was just saying like, how has your transformation and your
1: journey um, transformed how you show up today in the world? Oh yeah. Yeah. So also I've, I've lived out here, like I said, for four years and it up until like a year, a year and three months ago. I wasn't really doing much with like my singing career. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm like aware that like where about thoughts and where like w- aware of fear and doubt and what it does and what it has done in my life, I've actually been pursuing it. I've been in the in the studio, I've been writing. I'm going to actually be releasing my first single soon. Yeah. Which is which <laughs> is actually called Moving On. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> yeah. Uh, So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Um, and then it's also, it's also helped me because of my healing journey has also helped me show up for other people when they're in a, in the healing process. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I've been able to show up for people and, uh, let them know like how much they are loved and how beautiful they are and, and how much the world needs them in, in times of, uh, major trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, <sighs> because life can be hard sometimes, but we are not meant to do this alone. Right. We are not meant to do this alone. We are, um, we are, we are made for human connection that we are made for human connection. And when we lose that, it can be a very dangerous place. So like, it's so good to, to let people know, which I, I, I try to do let people know like how much, like I am here and I see you and I love you and you're important in my life because especially in like bigger cities and even just even just the world we live in now, like our generation, um, there's a lot of working, a lot of hustling, a lot of blinders on, um, pay rent, pay all these bills, and mm-hmm. and we sometimes forget that there's like there's a whole like social world around us. Yeah. You know. So it's just like, so I guess my healing has really like, I've just tried to show up for people more.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: also, I've been trying to. Um, I I have been not even trying. I have been showing up for people more. I have been showing up for myself more, mm-hmm. like allowing myself to rest and not feel bad about it when when I'm feeling a little p- fatigued, and and allowing myself to uh, spend money towards my music and and spend money towards my acting, mm-hmm. and allowing myself to get like a step closer, take these baby steps into like what my goals are, my dreams are. You know, when before I I let a lot of like my personal darkness and a lot of my demons get the best of me. I even I even lost a couple of really important friendships last year that still hurt me to this day. I'm I'm still I'm still working on forgiving myself because I did lose a couple of friendships because of because of that space. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so, it's just allowing myself to be happy, so that I can, I can radiate that happiness to other people.
0: Well, it definitely comes one of the things that you said that I really love is that, um, or at least the way I heard it was like creating a tribe, creating a community. And I know, especially, I don't know what your journey was like, um, as far as like, I know you kind of had a rough start coming to LA, um, from what you shared. And did you know anybody here when you first came or tell us like how that kind of transpired? Cause I know you said you did some couch surfing for a while.
1: Yeah, so I uh, graduated from Minnesota State University, Moorhead. I'm from South Dakota, though. But my third year in Minnesota, I actually, like, did a year-long exchange at Cal State Los Angeles. So I lived in L.A. for a year before I actually moved out here, like, um, five years ago, or four years ago, four years ago. (laughs) And... And so I knew people. And so when I came out here, I thought, like, I'd know all these people. I'd know, all the, like, all these friends. But, like, literally everybody was too busy to hang out except for maybe, like, one. His name's Evan. He's great. I'm still friends with him. We still hang out. And, like, and, and I'm, it's, it's okay because I get it. I get it now, like, because I'm in the L.A. life, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no hard feelings there. But, like, I came out here and um, I ended up staying on my uncle's couch, because I do have an uncle in Orange County, and uh, all my other family is in South Dakota, and so I stayed on his couch, asked, asked to stay on his couch for two weeks, ended up being there for two months, <laughs> and then and so then I, fun. oh, he knew it, too. He's like, I knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. We were prepared to have you for a couple of years. I'm like, <laughs> Great, he's he's awesome. I lo- I, I love that family. It, it, honestly, my family in Orange County has been one of the biggest biggest blessings. And then it turns out too that I had um, a cousin twice removed named Jim. Yeah, I know cousin twice removed. <laughs> anyway, he's my grandma's cousin. He he moved out here from the Dakota years ago years before i was even born and and over time we've gotten really close when i first moved out here i didn't really um, meet up with him but over time in the last like few years we've gotten really close and he's one of like the most important people in my life Mm -hmm. thank you jim you're awesome (laughs) but um so i started off um on the couch for uh, two months. And then I went to my uncle's property in Orange, like by the Anaheim, by the Angel Stadium there. And I was there for six months. And then that's when I finally got a, a good job. And that was in Silver Lake. I, I was bartending at this bar that's not no longer there called Barbarella. And it was like one of the best jobs I've ever had, but I was bartending there. But I was driving back and forth from Orange to Silver Lake. And it got to be so much to the point where I actually fell asleep at the wheel. And I rear-ended somebody. No damage. Nobody was hurt. Everybody was fine. um, But it was kind of like a literal wake-up call that I needed to move to L.A. Mm -hmm. So I got onto that L.A. sublet Facebook page. And uh, there's like sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 people on it. So I like commented on on a post to go see, to to check out a place. And then this girl, she's like, hey, I have a sublet if you wanna like check this place out. So I actually went and checked out this girl's sublet that was for a month and a half. And I ended up being like, yeah, I dig it. So I moved in and I thought that was enough time to find a stable place. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) And so I ended up on another couch at one of my best friends from college who, who moved out here too. Um, she actually wasn't my best friend in college. We just like hung out with each other maybe once or twice, but now she's one of my best friends. And, um, so I went to Rachel's, uh, boyfriend's, um, place and I stayed on their couch for over a month until Rachel and I got our place now. So in the period of a year, I moved from South Dakota to westminster to orange to north hollywood to another place in north hollywood to another place in north hollywood crazy <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. so the, there was just like a lot of instability and that was really rough mm-hmm. but that i got was- through it and i had a lot of help and that help like honestly that help has also like my my futon here has been a I've had probably five or six people here now in the last three years, so I've paid it forward because I wouldn't have been able to get through with all that help.
0: Yeah, starting off. Yeah, it it sounds like having a a tribe and having support really kind of got you through those times. um, Yeah, especially where you weren't, you know, sure where you were going to to be. how
1: did you find your people I found my people in a a few different areas so every job that I've had in LA like is become like a family like every place that I've worked like Even though I don't even work at Hard Rock anymore, like so many of my best friends um, come from there. Mm. And then even from my old jobs like Barbarella and Sandbox, like all these places um, has produced a huge community. And also because I'm an actress and a singer, I've met a lot of my friends like in acting class Mm. and then also at church at Mosaic. So I have like, I have a few different communities that are all around me and then and then even just meeting people through people from those from from previous jobs from class from from church like meeting people in all those areas and then their friends it's just produced like a huge community mm-hmm. and and that is that's how i did it i also believe i also like even in orange county cuz um when i was in orange county at like all my all the people that i knew were like in la and i wanted to meet somebody um, like I wanted to meet a friend, um, that was closer and I actually got on a website for meeting friends.
0: Oh, really? Awesome. You yeah. You
1: I, I, I think it's called, I, I don't even know what it's called. Um, I can look it up and
0: yeah, send it to me and I'll make sure it's,
1: we have it in the podcast or on the, uh, the blog when,
0: um, when we put that all together. Um, because I just think it's really good to, you know, for people to kind of, I think as we get older, sometimes we can feel like it's harder to meet people or make friends, you know, and so I love that you're sharing like how you did it, you know, and it sounds like some of it came from your own personal interests, from work, from, you know, diving into your spiritual community. And then, you know, I love that there's even an app to make, you know, like a website that you found to to make friends. Um because I think when you're, you know, when you're really in it, sometimes it can feel like there's not a lot of people that understand what you're going through. And if you have no um, experience of anything different or that there are people out there like you, um, it can feel very lonely. And so I love um, that you're sharing how you kind of formed your, your community.
1: thank you yeah yeah absolutely and just like people like and also like if i if i have one piece of advice about like meeting friends like meet the friends that will like point out to you like what you love about yourself Mm -hmm. like people that like when when it like for example like you love that you're kind or you're genuine and like and your friends are like, I love, like, I love your, I love your heart. Like when they say that, but also like willing to call you out on, on something too. Right. Right. Um, like in a loving way to like challenge you to, to be like an even better version of yourself
0: to grow, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. Cause I think sometimes I know in the past, like friendships that I've had in the past, it's like, we just kind of play nice to, to you know, And it's just keeping each other at a distance if we're not able to like go deeper and say like, hey, like this, you know, didn't work for me or this, you know, is something that, you know, I think we need to take a look at, you know, just having like honesty in in conversation. I feel like people who can like see you at your worst and love your shadows, they're friends for life. They're like your tribe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was going through, um, a lot of, um, pain, uh, mm-hmm. last year after I was assaulted, I, when I lost a couple of friends, there was a couple, couple friends that stayed there, even when it was challenging. And I know, and I knew it was challenging cause I thought I was pushing them. I thought I was pushing them away mm-hmm. and, and they're like, no, we're here. Cause even like, for example, my friend, Steve, uh, when I thought I was um, pushing him away, he's like, no, I know you feel that way because I've been there before, but I'm here and I know your potential and I know you're going to get through this. So it's like friends that know your heart and know that you're going to get through it, right. that support you through it, like they are for life, for Absolutely. life. Absolutely. I think if a friend can
0: be there through you through your, your worst times you know that they're they're a ride or die friend
1: (laughs) exactly exactly
0: and i know that you know i want to be the same for for others as well i noticed like for myself like when i went through divorce like there were people that were absolutely by my side and then there were a lot of people that i didn't expect that left and that's okay but it really, you know, there was a grieving process. I don't know if you experienced this too with some of the friends that you lost through that experience, but there's like a grieving process that you go through. And I think it's like a grieving of almost of expectation that like, (sighs) you know, not, not that like, it may feel like they broke your heart. Like, why weren't you there for me? But really they didn't, there was an expectation that there, they'd be there, you, you know, like a assumption that they'd be there and then they weren't. And I think it's that disappointment, which anytime times there's expectations, there's always disappointment that follows. But it, it's knowing like, I would be there for you in a heartbeat, but now I just realized that you have not been there for me in the same way, right? I think it's that expectation of like, what I would give to someone, was not given back to me and that can feel like a real loss at least that's you know in my experience what you know what that can feel like but it's also knowing that if some of those friendships or relationships come to pass new ones show up so like who has really been like kind of your you know there for you through all of it like who you know has got your back like who has been your one you know i guess you could say soulmate friendship or relationship that has really um you know been with you through it all
1: um so i would say my mom because like my mom is literally my best friend goes through every like in is there for me through like thick and thin, but to be honest, because I love her so much and because I'm so close with her, I don't like necessarily share everything I'm going with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is somebody in particular that like I like lay down everything, and that's Steve, yeah, my friend Steve. Um, he has been a ride or die since I since the day I met him, and it's also great seeing like his. Um, like his journey too because we've been in each other's lives for three of the four years that I've been here Mm -hmm. and yeah he's he's been the person that's seen me in the places where I've needed to ask for forgiveness Mm. Um, in places where I got maybe even like not even feeling sorrow, but feeling resentment, like those moments, those moments where I'm afraid of how angry I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, in, in think and say things that I don't mean. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And so definitely Steve and, uh, gosh, I love him so much. Like he's just he's a blessing. He's an angel sent from above, but, um, just being, just telling him that I'm in, in those moments last year where I haven't had a day like that in a long time, but in the moments last year where I basically told him like, I, I cannot do this right now. And he literally drove to North Hollywood, sat in, sat in his car and just cried with me
0: that's so beautiful
1: (laughs) and just let me talk things through and and I know being on the other side that that's not an easy task because energy is especially a lot of actors a lot of actors I'm not saying everybody and and it's not just actors, it's other people too, but I've noticed this is a quality with a lot of actors that they feel energy very deeply mm-hmm. and they feel emotions very deeply. So it can, very, it can be pretty hard for an actor some, sometimes or for a person that feels very deeply to be in the presence of somebody going through a dark moment. Mm-hmm. I can completely understand that it's very challenging. So... So, for him to do that time after time and after time again requires a lot of strength and and I really like i'm very thankful for that and and he's not the only one there's um there's other people too and mm-hmm. and i just i thank them like through the bottom of my heart, because to be able to talk through how i'm feeling helped to me let those emotions pass which then helped me with my growing process too and my in my healing process being able to talk about things um but yeah even going back to the friendships that I lost like i think sometimes i think it started off as me being upset with them like how we said like i would be there for you you weren't there for me i think it started off being that way
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but then I also got to a point where it's like I don't blame them right i i i I understand. Mm-hmm. I try to take myself out of the pitch. I try to humble myself and say if if i'm watching this like from a television screen, and I'm seeing the way that I'm behaving, mm-hmm. I'm seeing the emotional instability that i that's happening there in that person need to separate themselves from it for their own personal happiness. I see it. Right. And I, and I forgive them. And then it comes down to a point where I need to forgive myself because I love that person. Yeah. There's actually a, uh, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but there's a female friendship that, um, that I'm, I'm so upset for losing mm-hmm. and, and I, and it's still, I still struggle to this day. Not as, not as much as I used to because acceptance um has been pouring in slowly for me as as i'm learning to forgive the situation but there's a female friend that like i miss more than like i miss so much like we had so much we had so many good times together we we pursued our craft together it was it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful and and so that's something that like i'm also working through you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it had to get to a point where I'm like, forgiving both you and the other person. Mm -hmm.
0: And sometimes too, I think it's important to remember like, just because you've taken a break from one another doesn't mean it's forever. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we're like open and honest and vulnerable and say like, I miss you. I miss our friendship. I understand what happened. I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an opening, a crack in the doorway for them to decide if they want to come back in. Yeah. I don't think it's always forever, you know, sometimes for right now.
1: Yeah. And sometimes like distance too is, is good. Like I remember even growing up with my best friend, Caitlin, like (laughs) i'm bringing i'm bringing um astrology into this but i'm an aries and she's a scorpio Mm -hmm. and so like we fought a lot like and every time we fought like it would maybe we wouldn't talk like we'd be serious we'd be like no more friendship like we knew that we we knew it would never be like that because we're like we're bonded for life she's my sister but um but like we like went like maybe three hours without talking and then it's like is until we needed to tell each other something like, Oh my gosh, like Jake texted me back or something like that. (laughs) Or like, or like even a day. And we're like, okay, I can't like, we need to hang out. Like Mm -hmm. it's funny because sometimes the distance like makes you realize like how important that person is to you. when you like see them so often, like distance makes the heart grow fonder or something like that.
0: (laughs) I feel like it gives you time to really like kind of look at, get a broader, uh, Picture for what has happened, you know, like a bird, yeah, be able to look down on it and take the emotion out of it. And sometimes I think that's really important too, because when we're in an emotional state or we're feeling triggered or we're, you know, like just in it, you know, it's really hard to see it from any other viewpoint but our own at times. Yeah. So sometimes having that distance, having that time and separation can have give us a new perspective on things. And then we can come back and say, like, okay. Get it now. Like this is what was actually happening, and really owning our part in it too. I think is so important because sometimes I know, especially like in my younger days, I would think like, "Oh, it's all their fault," <laughs> you know. But look at like, you know, wait, how did I play a role in this? You know? And so yeah, I think with time and growth and experience, you start to really and really part of growth is is holding yourself accountable and saying like, Oh, I played a role in this too. This wasn't. Yeah. 100%.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's also like, honestly, like it's awesome that like we brought this up because a part of a huge part of my healing process has been understanding and being okay with the fact that I messed up a lot, but it, and then knowing that owning up to it will, will bring peace. Yes. and not owning, and not owning up to it won't. Right. It'll just stir the pot even more. Right. And so like, sometimes it's funny. I like realize like, oh, I was probably a little too sassy in that moment. Like, I'll be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have responded that way. Like sometimes people are like, like shocked right. like, by, by the apology. They're like, oh, oh, it's okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or, like thanks for apologizing. Like, cause and then sometimes too, they're like, <laughs> like, I don't even know, but it's, yeah, it's like kind of shocking sometimes. Like when somebody is like able to like really like humble themselves mm-hmm. to, to apologize. Cause we all make mistakes. We well, all do. And we're brought up in a culture that teaches us to blame other people. Yeah.
0: Blame, blame, you know, this person, blame that person, blame that situation, blame, blame, blame. I mean, it's all over the place, you know? And so I think it is shocking to people when you can be accountable and say like, Oh, you know what? I, I really apologize for that. I didn't show up in my best, you know? And then to have forgiveness for yourself, I think is healing on a whole nother level. So I, I, I think it's, um, you know, it, and then it spreads outward to show other people like, Hey, you can like take accountability for yourself and like apologize. And like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Share with us now like what has going through this full transformation done for you in terms of like how are you now um you know how has this played a, a role in your purpose?
1: Um, like community
0: any of it like through your journey of kind of overcoming these thoughts about yourself to finding community like how has this personal journey that you've been on which you know will continue um, but all of that you all of what you have learned from this about beauty about community all of it how has that now um, shown up in your purpose
1: yeah so my purpose, um, I is so much about like the word Ubuntu, which means humanity and compassion towards others. Mm. Um, it's an ancient African term, and so it's like um, it's basically like st- stating that we all have a role and we all um, cannot exist in isolation. And that seeing that others are able and good does not diminish the fact that you are also able and good. And so um, finding the community and like recognizing other people for their talents and for their beauty and for their uniqueness. But understanding your own talent, uniqueness and beauty and being able to coexist in that um, is a huge um, is huge in my purpose of like sharing that with other people as well like we can all shine we, we we are all shining there's there doesn't need to be like competition when it comes to that it just means like what uniqueness that we can offer and what beauty and whatever we can offer but also like so the music for example the music that i've been working on like i've always told people with and i'm going to bring up my music and not acting but like with my music i i want to like there's three, there's three purposes that drive it. It's, um, either to entertain people, to move people while, um, doing what I love to do. And so, um, so like my first song moving on is about, um, overcoming a a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is actually the first time I'm talking about this publicly. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, um, the, line, the, the lyrics are so deep and in, in such like I've, I've played the song to a few friends and, and I actually had what there's, there's a line that I'll share with you the line. It's called, you got to put the phone down and stop texting him so much like you're a bride to be. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And in one of my friends, she's like the first time I heard that song or the first time I heard that lyric I was like oh okay but she's like but I've been in this situation now that I'm like oh okay (laughs) like and it's kind of crazy because I actually thought that was like kind of like a stupid lyric but then when I saw somebody resonate with it because because I judged myself I and I don't like that word either I, I shouldn't silly I thought it was a silly lyric and then when I realized like how much it came from like a, a place of my heart when I wrote it and then how somebody else is resonating with it now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like my purpose is like to help people like with my music, um, find their own healing. Mm. Like to something that I went through and, and something that can be vague for, vague for other people, like, oh, I resonate this, with this in like my own world. Like another lyric is I'm blinded by potential, like later on in the song. Because we can all be blinded by what we think can happen, even though for months or weeks that it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Like this... Super relatable. Yeah, this, this guy and I, um, he, he just wanted something physical and I wanted something deep. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we still hung out and we were both trying to get what we wanted out of each other. And we weren't willing to give what the other person wanted. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just, it wasn't good. Like, we're, we're like loosely friends now. There's no feelings there or anything. But it was a really hard one to move on from. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, like, writing this song, like, helped me. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm hoping it can help somebody else, you know? Absolutely.
0: So where can uh, like where can we find this
1: song, <laughs> and where can we find you? So um, the song is still being edited. I'll be releasing that soon. I do not have a date yet. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for the next month, and it'll be on um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, okay. all those Apple, all those major networks or streaming services. Yeah. <laughs> Network's like You can find my song on TV I wish <laughs> No <laughs> um, um, No but I do have an Instagram And it's at Kayla Burchats K-A-Y-L-A and then B as in boy U-R-C-H-A-T-Z And so you can find me on Instagram And I will be releasing All of those updates on there as well as Facebook, and I'm just Kayla Burchats Media, whatever, on Facebook, but yeah. So, um, yeah, so my purpose in life is to make music and, um, and help people move on from whatever it is that they're, um, that they're working through, but also to entertain people, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a fast song at some point. Like The first two are kind of slow, but yeah. I'm gonna have a good song to dance to at some point. And then acting is for entertainment and then to get people thinking about whatever the, the message is behind the film or the show, Mm -hmm. but also to like, um, do philanthropy work. So that's like my purpose in life to get involved with like, um, like certain like cancer and disease awarenesses. Like I lost a really dear friend to Lou Gehrig's disease. So I want to do some Mm -hmm. stuff with that. Um, like helping animals find homes, um, helping with the water and the hunger crisis, and the not just not just this country, but all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many causes that I believe in that, and just even um, like sexual um, abuse and harassment and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, because I am a survivor and want to get involved. So it's just like that's my purpose in life It's just to do what I love to do while inspiring and encouraging others to also live their best lives.
0: Yeah. So and cool. to
1: help people get resources to live their best lives. Yeah. If somebody has clean water, they're gonna have a little bit more chance to live a more comfortable life.
0: Because it's a
1: necessity, yes. you know?
0: Yes, it's so important. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful for you being here and sharing your story today. And we'll be sure to get all the different links to so all the different things, all the things <laughs> that we talked about <laughs> today. And um, and I'm just I'm just so grateful that you were here and that you shared your story with us. And um, I just wish you the very best in all your endeavors. And I just know you're gonna do great things. Thank you.
1: And thank you for and thank you for doing this. This is so needed. And this is so inspiring and encouraging and, and you are, you are the mastermind behind this brilliance. So thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I received that. <laughs> I love that.
0: Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Your time is valuable and we're grateful you're here. Please be sure to help us share the message of healing. And if you're ready to go on your self-love journey and you're in need of support, be sure to head on over to lauriemarie.com slash self-love club and get started in adding more love in your life and loving the skin you're in.